Hey, welcome back to Across the Pond, a Premier League podcast hosted by Americans. There you got Miles Johnson, Jimmy Corn, and myself, Shay Davis. Coming to you fresh off another exciting Premier League weekend with a series of games. Um, these boys are eager. Let me give you a run of show for today before we jump into any games. We'll talk uh, Arsenal from the weekend, United from the weekend versus Liverpool. Talk about new manager sacking and some Champions League stuff. And then end with some... Uh, some listener questions. Sound good, gents? It sounds great, Jay. First of all, before we get started, happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. We talked about it on the last show. So I just want to bring that up and you know, also wish a happy belated birthday to our very own Eric Italiano. And I think this first game we're going to talk about was a gift to some and to others. Like yourself, there's always the next birthday to look forward to. Yep, let's do it. Let's do it. So, yes, my birthday was Saturday. Eric's birthday was Sunday. And Eric got his birthday wish, which was a Liverpool thrashing against United. Um, I know we're going to talk about that for a little bit. So, before we do that, let me just give everyone an update on where we are on the table. We have Arsenal in first place at 63 points. City in second, 58. Arsenal separating the distance continuously. Uh, now I'm in five. United, Manchester United in third place at 49. Um Tottenham in fourth place with 45, and then all the way to fifth place. There's a big gap there, 42 points Liverpool. So uh, that's where we are. Newcastle continues to dip, two straight losses in a row. But it is a tantalizing, tantalizing table at the top and equally uh, tantalizing for different reasons at the bottom where we have a five-point gap, or you can say a six-point gap between 12th place all the way to 20th place, 27 to 21 points. So that's the update there. Let's jump into Manchester United Liverpool. Gentlemen, uh, great game for you guys. What were your takeaways? You know, the final was always 7 nothing Liverpool. Let's get right into it. Well, Shay, you know, uh, a broken podcast is, is exciting. What did they say, brother? They say a broken clock is right <laughs> twice a day. Broken podcast is interesting twice a season. So this is one of those. I'm sorry, I couldn't get my my saying right, my metaphor right, because it, there's just speechless. I mean, you're not going to get too many days like this, but I guess my main takeaway is for what is supposed to be you know such a hotly contested rivalry, the fact that Liverpool have skunked Manchester United 4-0, 5-0, and what, 5-2 in the last th- three, two or three seasons, you know, it kind of leaves me speechless about the lack of competition in this fixture and Liverpool's, you know, dom- dominance there. But I think what we're really looking at is Manchester United on a come down from that League Cup final and the win there, fixtures catching up and really the lack of depth in that squad for rotation. And Liverpool getting lucky. I mean, I just don't necessarily think that this is a harbinger to things to come for Liverpool. Like, I just don't know that this is um, – that they suddenly turned a corner. Like that's my big narrative here. Miles, does that kind of make sense or Shay? Yeah, I think, I think it's a huge win for Liverpool. I mean, look, they're playing their like 
biggest rival, right? Um, a giant win at home, coming off the back of some, you know, not great results, particularly to Real Madrid. And then we talked about the way they played last week against Crystal Palace was pretty dire. I mean, obviously Liverpool get up for the big games, Jacob. So I think maybe that's why you're kind of thinking, you know, what does this mean? We saw them beat Man City earlier this season. Doesn't mean they necessarily, you know, went on to have a, a great run of form either. But I do see some good signs here. I think it's a massive confidence boost for the players. I see the front three clicking. I mean, the fact that the front three got two goals, you know, each, I think is a, is a great sign to see, um, especially when we've seen, you know, them taking a while to gel. I think those are good signs, but I think you're right. Like it's a massive win. It's at home. Liverpool get up for these games. Um, so is it a turning point in the season? I think, you know, yet to, to come, but a massive three points. Great for them challenging for that Champions League spot, especially, you know, we'll give them some belief going into place play Real Madrid this this week um but I think you're right we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves um it is just one but but can we just get ahead of ourselves even if it is just for one game at the same time I mean boy like that was you're not going to see that too often I mean the worst thrashing you know in 100 years almost uh in history of of league play I mean just incredible and I think you're right Miles I, I don't think I wasn't like you I mean you on this podcast or Darwin Doubter. It's fair to say this guy's never going to come good in the chats. You've had enough with him, but it was always there. I mean, the the, the quality for him to get chances, like chance creation, wasn't the the issue. It was the finishing. And so, like to me, this wasn't about whether or not the offense could could gel or not. I mean, we've seen Gakpo play well in the last couple of weeks, finding space in the hole, dictating play, doing a real solid job of taking players on one V one, which he you know, did, did lovely for both of his goals. But I mean, the issues of the midfield are still there and it just so happened that Fabinho and Henderson had a really strong match and that the front three was really pressuring Manchester United. So they won every first ball and that enabled the attackers to shine and really put Manchester United under pressure. But that's why I say like, you know, I don't want to get too, too carried away, um, but yeah, but at the same time, you know, Manchester United just looked you know, that second half was, was, was awful, but the, really in the first half, I don't know, Shay, did you get a feeling that like one zero was maybe a little favorable for Liverpool? They were lucky to be ahead one zero. Cause that's kind of why I came away with it at the end of the first 45. Yeah. I, I thought so too. I mean, I, I remember I was watching, I woke up early for the game and I left at the 41st minute mark to go take my dog out for a walk right before halftime. Cause I was like, I can do this now go for a quick walk, come back, it'll be halftime. And it was 0-0 at that point. And United had three or four chances, three or four good chances. And we saw Bruno miss a header. We saw Rashford miss a sitter, which is fine. Um, and offsides goes by Casemiro. Okay, also fine. But I never, at, at that point, was ever uncomfortable with how this game was going to go, right? Uh, Liverpool took the first chance, a great finish by Gakpo. Um, a player that you two, I think, has said that, you know, you weren't really sure about, but he had a strong moment of brilliance there. And then the game just went south real, real quick. Uh, I'm not really sure what happened. <laughs> All I know is that... I'm not really sure what happened. All I know is that um, it started to spiral. It started to spiral, and once the game got out of reach, it was 3 4 nothing. It's like, then we truly, truly gave up. And so at no point... It was there a fight to even try to think about a comeback or try to just sustain some momentum? 
or even some dignity because there were multiple moments where United just looked like they were over it and they just wanted to get home as soon as possible. I don't think they imagined it was going to get up to 7-0. And to Jacob's point, the United's worst loss, not the worst loss in Premier League, the United's worst loss today, ever. Maj, looking at me. Am I wrong at that statistic? Yeah, well, I was that's I was going to ask you guys, is this the worst loss in the Premier League? I mean, look, United, you know, got thrashed by Liverpool last season as well. We know Liverpool lost 7-2 to Aston Villa. United thrashed Southampton, I think, uh, 9-0. We also know Southampton also got another 9-0 thrashing. There have been 6-0 thrashings by City to Chelsea, Chelsea to Arsenal. Arsenal end up on the losing side here quite a lot. But, you know, could this be the worst thrashing? that we've seen in the, in our Premier League era? Shay, you say no, but I, I think there's a good case for yes, Shay. Miles, I think what might make this the worst loss of all time is the fact that they gave up six goals in 48 minutes of play. And that is a complete capitulation. And you had players out there not tracking back. You know, you had silly mistakes. You had people just, you know, careless giveaways causing goals. I mean, it was, it was awful, but I think that, you know, like American sports sometimes does this, these polls about who's the most unlikable player in professional sports. And I wonder if you were to poll all Premier League players and probably fans, whether or not the ubiquity of Bruno Fernandez's complaining and just his general look about him, whether that would make him, you know, among, if not the most unlike player amongst his peers. I know they, I think I saw these a while back that kind of Suarez was always up there for his shithousery and just general Suarezness. but you know, he pushed an official, he might get a, who knows if he'll get sanctioned for that. He just yelling and complaining at his own team and everybody just, man, that, that, that was, that was, a, that was bad. Yeah. I'd like to hear Shay's take on, on that as well as a Man U fan, but I think honestly, I was thinking about it. Like I've seen this in games before where things aren't going their way. Bruno is always picked up by the camera, at least as someone who's complaining and, you know, just a negative attitude. Obviously he's very talented. And, you know, if I was his manager, I would just, he's, he's so talented. There's no need for all this negativity from him. So I would, that, that for me, I would cut out. And I think it drags the team down. So Shay, I completely agree with you, uh, Jacob. I, Shay, I'm interested to hear. This is your boy. You know, the hype was real when he came and he was a dramatic impact player, but, and obviously his quality, but, you know, the on-field antics sometimes when they go down, I don't think helps bring them back up. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't think that, I don't think that his, his antics make him the most unlikable. I think that's a huge stretch. I think that it's a bit recency biased, honestly. We said the same thing about Ronaldo when he was going through his antics with United at the time. And Bruno Fernandes defended him then, even though they weren't great teammates. He defended him then and said, what do you expect him to be happy when he's losing? I mean, that shows, and we said, some people defend Ronaldo, some people didn't, but he said it showed a competitive spirit. I think that to Miles's point, this camera zooms in on him because he is the captain, right? Um, he is a leader, and he didn't. Well, have Harry Maguire game. might have something to say about that. He didn't have a great game. <laughs> he didn't have a great game. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help, but I don't see him being a detriment to the team. He's not like a negative. He's not a. He's not a bad teammate, if you will. Uh, I don't. I just think he had a bad game. It's just unfortunate because it it adds to the story of Bruno Fernandez's uh, allure, maybe, or I don't want to say like greatness because he's not greatness, but to his 
consistently strong performances for the team and and leadership. You're now entering the spin zone with Shea Davies. Like, how about some of the skill? How about some of the, the play from Salah, the finish from Gakpo, sitting down Martinez, Firmino goal. I mean, it's, this game really had everything. And then we can move on. But I just – you've been down this season, Miles, and we've avoided talking about Liverpool. So I just feel like, you know, you deserve to have your moment to just – to rejoice and – you know, and just let Shea just have it. Cause we, we've, we've been, we've been really bigging up Manchester United this season as we should be. So I want you, I want your moment. You get your moment miles. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't, I'll steal the hate away from menu. I mean, look this, they were right off the back of a Carabao cup victory and then they get thrashed like this. That's, that's pretty pathetic, but to not talk about menu to talk about Liverpool, you're absolutely right. I mean, I just thought they looked so good. Uh, Robertson had an amazing game. TAA, this is the three games in a row I've seen him look really, really fantastic. And you're right, Salah. I mean, to get to get to break the record the way he did, you could see the passion, how he tore off his shirt. I mean, that guy is cut. We've seen it from the beach picks. This guy is ready for the summer and just always looking good. So great for him to get the record. I, honestly, I will address your comment about Darwin was not a Darwin hater, but I was just waiting. He was a bit disappointing when he first joined. But I will say that goal he scored was a beautiful header. I don't know how he pulled that off, but that was just a fantastic header. Um, and, yeah, the vibes are high for Liverpool. I think, you know, as we said, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves with this victory. The way they're playing and now having the squad, you know, fully fit pretty much. Things are looking good, and I really think this is going to be what kicks it off for Liverpool to make that push to, to, to get the top four. I mean, like, look, they're sitting in fifth, uh, fifth place right now. Shea looking at seventh place. Fifth place right now, Shea. A game behind Spurs, three points behind Spurs. You know, this is the, the momentum they need. And, you know, seven points behind Man U. So... This is the kind of momentum Liverpool needs to to push. You know, the vibes are high. The squad's looking good. The goals are coming in. Um, and, you know, if you want to attract big talent over the summer, I think it's victories like this that will, that will be able to bring in the type of player we need to really cement that midfield specifically. So, Jacob, I don't know if you have anything else you want to gush about. That's my gushing yeah. moment. Well, let me let me yeah. ask you guys. Let me ask you guys this: This game, what's the biggest storyline? And don't troll, okay? Be honest. Is it that Liverpool is on the way up, or that United were just are are slipping? Like, are you- I think, I I don't think it's it's a bad moment for Manu. I mean, it's a bad moment for Manu, and I think you can tell how biased the media is because I've been Shay. I mean, I'm sorry for you. This is post birthday, but I've seen headlines like brutal humiliation eaten alive thrashed etc etc so i feel bad for man U fans but i don't think this is a moment of panic for for manchester united they've been playing very well they just got you know shown up at home at you know at anfield which is tough anyway against liverpool who i think are on their i think that's the narrative liverpool are on their way up man U are are doing fine they're playing well this is going to be a, a brutal moment but They'll learn from this. Um, so, so they that's, have that's Betis. So they have Betis this week, Manchester United, in the. Is, is that right? No, that's sorry. That's 
Yes, the ninth, right. So next game is is Betis at home in Europa League, followed by Southampton this weekend. So I'm interested to see how they kind of balance those those two competitions and then how they bounce back from this. Because, Shay, I really do believe that, you know, this is probably bigger and worse for the fans than it is for the players. I mean, it's, it's bad for both. I think you're a player waking up today at Manchester United. It's really going to sting. So I want to see how they react. But they have Southampton in the league. And Southampton have been terrible. And, you know, you're just going to have an off day. If you look at how many matches Manchester United have played since the return of the World Cup, the frequency, how thin their squad is. I mean, it's crazy. Not to mention, we did have that World Cup, right? So there are silly things that are happening this season and the fixture congestion because of it. And I think that's what I'm going to chalk this up to. As for like the Liverpool point, what this means Liverpool are on the ascendancy. I'm still cautiously optimistic that this is more about next season rather than this season. It does have a feel of inevitability that they may finish in fourth or even third sort of the season when uh, they had all the injuries and then were able to fight back. You know, they're building some momentum. I think five clean sheets in a row. They play Bournemouth next. Let's see if they show up, right? If they demolish and blow Bournemouth out, then I'd say, okay, let's reevaluate. But because after that Bournemouth match, there's the week off. And then there is, I believe, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, um, back-to-back-to-back fixtures. And that right now is as hard a run as ever. Even given how terrible Chelsea are and the fact that they can't get a goal, there's a lot of quality in those fixtures. So let's see how they play. And, And if they don't show up for Bournemouth but batter these other teams, then we can say, okay, this is that old Liverpool mentality of showing up for, you know, traditional top six clashes, but not for the rest of it. And I think that's where we're at. I think, again, it's just a, it's a red herring for, you know, you know, black swan. I don't know, whatever the saying is for both teams. Yeah, I agree. I think the storyline is Liverpool's on the way up, but not the United's on the way down. It's an outlier loss. We've been the hottest team since the World Cup. And I'm not saying that to discredit Liverpool and how bad that loss was, but I'm just saying, you know, it is what it is. Like the 7-0 defeat was abysmal. Leandro Martinez being sat down and not knowing where he is on that day or time is abysmal. But it's not, it's not a team that's 7-0 bad, if that makes sense. Like we just lost to a good team in Liverpool and it perpetuated and spiraled into a really bad loss. I think Liverpool's on the way up though. They've looked really good. I was just looking at their recent run of forms, uh, minus the Real Madrid loss and some draws with Chelsea earlier in the season, earlier in this uh, second half of the season. They've they've been on a really hot streak and they've had to win some games against some teams that are not of good quality, minus this United game, and they've shown up. So I think Liverpool's on the way up and we hope that that momentum carries through uh, through Real Madrid in the Champions League football awesome so i'm happy to move past this topic uh i will say congratulations liverpool uh but the season is young season is young Uh, i was looking back at some of the worst histories some of the worst losses united beat arsenal 8-2 in 2011 the year that aguero scored the goal the last minute of the game and arsenal still had a great year uh you know there's some bad some bad losses too in there with tandem but you know it's just it's just it's just an outlier moment but provided great stories, great content for the listeners and for, for us as viewers. Should we transition Shay, to Arsenal Bournemouth? Or no, Maj, you want you want well, to No, we, we can we can transition, but it is the word Man United haven't conceded as many goals. It's our worst loss. Man Their worst loss. loss. Yeah, it's Man sure. United's worst loss. Yes, correct. Yeah, we, yeah, okay. Well, that's yeah. agreed upon. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so too. Not debate here. Not debate here. Okay. All right. Arsenal versus Bournemouth. 
Uh, Arsenal won 3-2, which is great. But they kept it exciting. They kept it exciting. Did you guys watch the game? What were your thoughts? Did you at any point think Bournemouth was going to win that game? Also, first of all, great start to the game. Getting a goal within the first minute. I don't, I don't even know what that was, but it looked like a Mighty Duck flying formation play. Um, <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Yeah, they really gave him the razzle-dazzle. Um, it's, it says something about Arsenal that they continue to win these games, right? They're giving us that feel of destiny and inevitability. But, you know, almost slipping up against Bournemouth and Aston Villa in recent weeks doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. And it does make me nervous. And, and there's some positives in here, like the fact that they relied on a goal from – Reese Nelson, who has been at the club since he's, I think, you know, under five or six or as you know, a really young kid. Like that's really encouraging that you're getting contributions from other players. And Ketia did not feature. Jaco was rested. So they're getting contributions. Fabio Vieira, um, Partey, goals from places not expected. That's a positive. But it does make me worry about the sustainability of this long term. Because I think, you know, again, there's a lot of season. There's a lot of season left. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I will say, though, that these are the types of results, pulling out a win in the last minute like that, these are the types of results that, that you know, define season, uh, title-winning seasons for teams. Like, I'm just thinking about Man United. Shea has all these memories of Man United back in the day. Distant memories, you know, be it, but memories of Man United, you know, pulling out winners in the 90th, 90-plus 90 Fergie time, you know, these are the moments where where titles are won. So I think full credit to the, like you said, to the, you know, steal of the team to really, you know, even being 2-0 down to come back. I mean, that that says a lot for a team like Arsenal, I think. And, you know, those players, a lot of, we talked a lot about how that team is young and inexperienced and, you know, cutting their medal on, in a game like that to come back, that, that says a lot about that team and Arteta. And we could see what it meant at the end of the game. That was wild. Those celebrations were wild. Um, and that just made me feel good watching the team celebrate like that. So I think that's a huge moment for Arsenal. I think, you know, we we've discussed, do they have it? And I think that is, that's a moment where we can say the mentality there, the mentality is there for the team to win the title, whether or not the results, you know, play it out. The mentality is there. Um, Well, one thing I think is notable is just how one that they had 30, two shots to Bournemouth's four, right? So they conceded on half of half of the shots that Bournemouth had, you know, that is awful, terrible. And, and then the other part of that is just every time I've seen Tomiyasu play and I understand the need to rotate players in and out of the squad resting Ben white, but every time I've seen him play recently, it's not been defensively sound. It's been really poor. And this is so surprising to me, given how excellent he was last season, just really burst onto the scene. But again, he is shockingly bad. So I, they have to figure that out. I mean, I'm pretty sure in the last two matches he started, I think it was versus Villa and this match he started and then was subbed on for White. So I'm not sure what game Arteta is playing, but I think that's just kind of just an interesting thing that I had seen. And they had 81, 81% possession. So in terms of like utter dominance, they should have won that game. Uh, but... Yeah, you know, I just think that's not going to be good enough moving forward. And I, I don't know. I've, well, what's the, what's their upcoming schedule look like? I know it's Liverpool, 
And yeah, so they they got Fulham away, Crystal Palace. At home, right? Okay, so I mean, think it's not Leeds. so bad. But you know, you know these no games joke. are tough. No yeah, yeah exactly. and away yeah. and like the Europa League in there with Sporting, like you know, it's going to be tough. And like you said, like th- they do have a, a deepish squad, but they like to play, be consistent with the the lineup they've had. So, you know, and and I think you're right that pointing to the fact with Tomiyasu featuring there and being a weak link. I mean, they can't play the start the the, the eleven that they've been wanting to play week in week out. You know, they're going to get tired, especially with his fixtures. So. You know, being able to rotate in effectively is, I mean, they have to win. Like, let's, let's be honest. Like Man City is there breathing down their neck. Any slip up is, is going to be a gain for Man City. So they have to be consistent. And, and all these games are going to be tough. Lee, even with Leeds, we know Leeds have been a bit erratic, but they're fighting for survival. Like it's not going to be, not going to be easy. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I get a little bit worried when I see a result like that for Arsenal. Um, it's good that they can come back, but to keep some close games against against Leicester, against Bournemouth, it just shows a team that, you know, maybe is really, really fighting on the edge of their seat to to stay and keep alive. But they have been, so that's all that matters. Um, they have Fulham coming up, and you said Leeds, and then they go back to Liverpool, who at that point would be really hot. I, I don't know. I mean, they have a subpar run of games to play against. Uh, they've built a good lead recently against Man City. And then if we look at Man City's schedule going forward, uh, they play, they also have some duds minus Liverpool um, in the beginning of April. So it's going to be interesting to watch what happens. And, it, and I think it's going to come down to the April 26th game when Arsenal and Man City play each other again to see if if that will be necessary to uh, to solidify whoever's first place at the time. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think we kind of glossed over this, but are you saying that Manchester United aren't in contention for the quadruple anymore after this week's result? Well, we did get one trophy uh, so far this season, Jacob. We were the first team in the Premier League to get a trophy. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if it's out of the question, but it's not looking favorable for the quadruple. Maybe just a trouble. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I love. See, is that is that from like week to week, like we're trying, you know, one week Manchester United are the greatest thing ever, and the next week they're the, they're terrible. And we're just constantly searching for what this overarching, you know, narrative is, right? We're just whores for the narrative. We try and find it and cling to it and make something more than what it is. And well, it's a 38 game season. And so like, you know, nothing means anything until it means something. And we have hindsight to tell us what it means. That's well, kind of how I look at I it. I will say, I will say, uh, throw back to Chris. You never know until you know. We've never said United has been a good team. Minus this last three, two or three months. I mean, I don't think we've said that statement historically in the last four or five years. They've had good moments, but we've never said this is a good team. <laughs> Maybe I have, but I don't think collectively. You said that you've definitely said we should find the sound bites of Shea saying that they're <laughs> back because it's been a roller coaster of emotions for you, Shay, these last couple, pretty much every year we've been doing the pod. But, you know, I do want to highlight another team that's on another roller coaster before we move on from this that I think is important to shout out. Like, Speaking of a team that we were hyping up pretty hard, Newcastle, you know, two losses in a row. They haven't had a had a win in a while. Um, and just looking at the goals scored for them in the top six, they are the lowest with only 35 goals. You know, even Brighton and Brentford have scored more goals than Newcastle this season. So, you know, not looking good for a team that we thought, you know, was a shoe in for top four. 
I think I think they're they're out. I don't think they're going to be able to claw their way back in. That loss to Man City was a big difference. Looking at the beginning of the season, Jacob, if you want to look at the overarching, you know, narrative here, the beginning of the season that was a really exciting game with Man City, and here it looked like Man City totally dominated. So yeah, I, they I don't did. know what's going on there. No, they did. Um, <laughs> Newcastle can't score goals at the moment. They had a point four three xg, you know, to Manchester City's one point three four. Not good quality shots, and you know they barely got any chances, and they've you know kind of failed to connect in the crucial areas consistently. I mean, I think what we're going to have here is this team is just going to drop and fall away because I think they're going to draw way too many games. They're not going to be able to win, you know, these fixtures. And we saw earlier in the season. I mean, that that what was it four four three three? I can't remember what the final score was, but high scoring game with. Manchester City and, and that that's gone in, entirely. At least they're somewhat defensively sound. And I think they're just going to draw way too many matches. And I think that does open the door for Liverpool. And it looks like Spurs, you know, every time we talk about Spurs, they're losing, but somehow they're winning and they're and they're in you know, they're in, they're in fourth. So it, I think it is wide open for you know, at least maybe two of those spots. So at least for Liverpool to cruise into fifth, I think there's there's definitely an avenue possible there with the game in hand. Yeah, you, you hit it on there, Jacob. Every time we mention Spurs in a in a podcast, the next week <laughs> the next week they suck. So maybe we should just not talk about them for the rest of the season. I don't know, Shay. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I don't have much high hopes for Spurs either, unfortunately. But I mean, at some point, Son, human Son, has to wake up from his uh um from his slumber. So I'm fully expecting Tottenham to have another good run. I just don't know when that would be, but they haven't been good in a while. Let's, let's be honest. So yeah, it's ripe. It's ripe for Liverpool. You know, just don't get thrashed this week against uh, Real Madrid and it's ripe. Uh, okay. Should we continue? What else from the weekend should we highlight gentlemen? I know there was some sack watch, but uh, maybe we were just a little bit too quick to the punch, but who knows when it's out, it may be true. Um, but what are the games you're looking forward to for this upcoming match week? Including Champions League. Yeah, so talking about that sack watch, I mean, Leicester losing to Southampton, I think, is absolutely pathetic by Leicester. And the rumors are flying about Rodgers. There were, there were sack watch chants going around the stadium. And I've, I was just seeing that the owners have started to draw up a short list of managers to replace them. So things are not looking good for Leicester. They're hosting Chelsea this weekend, another team that is like... I feel like, Jacob, I know you're over Leicester. I'm also over Chelsea this season. So I'll watch that game because I think the implications on both managers' um, job uh, availability is really on the line. But, um, you know, certainly not the, the, the match, the heavyweight match we, we've seen in past seasons. But I will have my eyes on that one. Uh, Rodgers might be out. So, you know, they've been pretty poor this season. That's my, that's my pick. I hope they end his misery miles and just take care of this. I mean, end our misery. Like you're right. We've just spent way too much time talking about them and Chelsea for what seemingly is just a team of unimpressive footballers collectively at the moment. Um, I think we should just talk about Southampton, you know, scoring like that. That's, that's a big deal. You know, those points are really going to count. And from 13th down, we're only separated by two matches. It is getting tight. So I don't, think that Leicester are out of it I don't think that West Ham are out of it I mean West Ham getting thrashed um, 
you know, that, that's, that is pretty, uh, pretty remarkable. So they're kind of back to where they were a couple of weeks ago prior to some, some good results. We're just going to have to see what happens. I think, you know, the other game that I watched this weekend was I watched um, Everton Forest um, uh, yesterday and just a really important point for Everton. And it just kind of, you know, solidifies to me. And I guess I was wrong that they kept Frank Lampard in that job for far too long. And I think uh, Dyche has six points in seven, seven games or something like that, or seven points in six, in six games. I forget what the statistic is, but you know, it just remains true that if they go down the season, it won't be because of Sean Dice. I mean, he's only been a net positive on them being able to at least get some points. Now, granted, they did ship goals, but Forrest have been really good at home and and are a team that is finding some form at the moment. So I think that's kind of, you know, my main takeaway from the rest of the weekend, Shay. I most look likely, most likely to pay attention to um, would be most likely Wolves versus Newcastle to see if they continue to this bad run of form in Newcastle. We know the Wolves are a team that have been bad, but historically pretty good. And they're coming out fresh up for a win. So curious to see what happens there. In addition to the Champions League, of course. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be quite interesting. Definitely. I would also want to add in there, I know we spoke about Arsenal, but I think that Fulham Arsenal game will be big as well. You, like you said, Jacob, Fulham are no joke, even if you know, they, I feel like they've kind of sputtered a bit uh, just recently. They've had, you know, decent run of form, but they're at home and we know what that stadium's like, especially, you know, you can get a seat with a, a, a beam blocking your view. So you get a partially obstructed view. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a good point you make about Fulham. Uh, you know, Maynard Solomon, I think, is now four goals in the last five or at least four goals and four starts. So that's encouraging someone who they signed in the season, but was plagued by injuries. And um, you're really only featuring until lately. They were out Paulina today, losing to um, losing to Brentford 3-2. And, you know, they've had Tony. Uh, sorry, they've had uh, Mitro, who has been, you know, hot and cold, off off injured. So, yeah, they, they can be a streaky team. But, Shay, I will not watch that Newcastle. Wolves match because I can guarantee you it's going to be a goalless draw. There's two, you know, say what you want to say about Adama Traore scoring scoring for you. You know, if that's the barrel you're scraping at this point, you know, it's not going great. So I can guarantee you that'll be a a zero zero match, and I'm not going to watch it. But I think I'll probably tune in to uh, see the Chelsea Leicester. I'm not going to lie. I, w- I want to see somebody do something. The two teams that really need need, need results. Obviously, I'll watch. Bournemouth Liverpool to, for the follow-up, but Chelsea Leicester. I'd like to see a sacking because that that's a real sack match, right? Mm. There. If for some reason mm. you're saying you're saying it's a du- you say it's potentially a dual sack match. <laughs> it could be right. It, what if Leicester go out there and, and, and drop a bomb on Chelsea, or if Chelsea yeah. come out there and somehow for you know neither of those teams can score a lot of goals consistently, it would be something. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean. There's a situation where Chelsea gets thrashed by Dornmouth and they're out of Champions League this tomorrow, and they lose to Leicester City. That, um, that yeah, Grand Potter could be gone. I mean, if they're staying with him this long, I don't know why that would be the moment they get rid of him. But yes, there's absolutely that choice. And Miles has been watching the sack watch. He's been listening to the rumors behind the behind the pictures and behind the smoking mirrors. And it's Ben Rogers that lays in the hot seat. So you never know. You never know. But Shay, good shout, good shout about the Champions League. I mean, both Chelsea and Spurs, you know, play this week, and they both lost one 0 in their first fixture. 
both teams are at home. Both teams coming off, you know, inconsistent form. Chelsea Dortmund, Spurs Milan, Shea, Jacob, who goes through? Neither. Honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you both are out? Both are out for me. Wow, Shay. Yeah, he's right. He's looking at that crystal ball, Miles. He's right. Oh, I, I think I think Spurs can pull a pull a result against Milan. I mean, although Zlatan is back, he has made his long journey back from, you know, having no knees to win the title. But you know, <laughs> Milan are sitting in fifth. <laughs> no, Miles, no, no, don't don't try don't try and find find some narrative for me. Look of all the things that are that that are probably possible. To me, it could be Liverpool getting a result of Real Madrid. Okay, that, okay, like, let's just. That's the one thing. That is not that's possible. That's the one thing that I would. That is not look, possible. Real Madrid are different in the possible. Champions League, but it's possible, Shay. Did Liverpool that are different beasts in Europe? Okay, well, is there it's a situation? Possible. Okay, what are the odds that no Premier League team actually makes it out of the Champions League? We know the City also tied RB Leipzig one-one. I think that I mean, obviously, they're the most favorable because they're the ones who haven't lost. But hey, it's possible. Yeah, that's probably a low, low likelihood, right? Or city, city are at home, but then again, you know, city fans famously don't care about the Champions League, so who knows what that atmosphere would be like? Well, they have the fake noise that they can play, so um, <laughs> you know, they they can they can create that atmosphere. I think, yeah, I think City will probably go through, but yeah, I mean, they might be the only one, honestly. But Che, come on, look, Liverpool thrashed Man United. Man United beat Barcelona. Oh Barcelona has beaten oh Real Madrid. So, there it goes. You know, there by it the is. transitive property, look, I, this is this is just straight algebra here. I like Liverpool how this transitive property can is beat Real Madrid. But we don't have to talk about that just yet. That we'll save that for next week when we when we <laughs> when we are close. Okay. Well, I mean, we can make many many transitive property and you know, uh, correlations, whatever you know here as we want to we can go back to brighton beating liverpool we can go back to wolves tying liverpool to, to, to hey so brighton beat man united a couple times too man. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we, could, we could we could we could go back many many ways but for beating liverpool you know i i'm just saying that there are a lot of liverpool losses this season so you may want to choose your, your Jay, your brentford also beat man united don't pick this okay well uh, gentlemen, I will be watching Champions League and Europa League. Pay attention to both of those. They'll be exciting matches to see. Um, before we go, we do have some listener questions that I wanted to highlight, which we've already talked about a bit on the podcast, but let's just bring it up anyway, because we're getting listener questions now again. Um, so the first one being from Matt, tweets by Matteo. How are United in third place? Um Maybe I shouldn't answer this because maybe it's a little too close for home, but how are they not in third place? I mean, this is their first loss. Is this their first Premier League loss in this county year? Yeah, well, it's, it's a game of... Uh, oh, minus, minus Arsenal, minus Arsenal. Yeah, it's but. a game of two halves, right? Or two seasons, two halves. I and mean, we had pre-World Cup, post-World Cup. I mean, the reason they're here in third and how are they only in third is because they played so well after the restart, but so so beforehand and new manager process, you know, all the all the cliches. I think we should be asking ourselves is how are Tottenham still in fourth? I, I can't I can't crack that riddle. But Liverpool again, game in hand, we repeat ourselves. I think this top four is going to change. 
Yep, always coming back full circle to talk about Liverpool. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay, next said, question. A broken podcast is right twice a season. You know. Next, next, next question by Alex Hubbard. Uh, Hubbard underscore Alex. Potter needs to go to Chelsea. Is it too much change too fast? Um, there's two ways you can interpret this question. Is it too much change to their fire Potter too fast? In which case, I would say absolutely not. Get him out the door. You can't get him out the door fast enough. Um, or is it too much change and therefore he's not playing well? Miles, what are your what are your takes on those? Well, you know, Shay, actually, I was going to say, you know, we know you're the expert. You're the, the consult. You have the background in consulting. You know how to, you know, get in there, you know, trim the fat, you know, turn businesses around. So, I mean, I, I do. I'd like I am interested to hear your your opinion here. You know, your expert opinion on where to gut and where to. But I think so much change. So many players hired. We still have players from the Tuchel area. Yeah, I think you just got to write off the season and just see if Potter can get anything to going and you sack him next season if it's not working. Yeah, that's a it's a good question. It's a good question. If you take if you think about it from a business perspective, like take away just the fact that we know Grand Potter was a decent manager but not a great one. He did great things with Brighton, don't get me wrong. And take away the fact that Chelsea has really high caliber players and really expensive players, but they're not great players, minus Conte. Um, then you have to think that, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe you just invest in and get your ROI next year. Like, I mean, you, you spent all this money, you sack a good manager. If you bring in a new manager, you're going to want new players again. Maybe if you, if you're willing to just write off this season, maybe you give him more time and then you let him prove himself. And if he's truly a shit manager or not, that's the risk you take. Otherwise it could be a constant state of limbo. The next person may not like any of these players, in which case you just wasted a huge transfer window. Um, and lost some and lost some uh, momentum from your fan base. Oh, bring back, bring back Ancelotti. That's the answer. Look to the eyebrow for solution. Yep. But seriously, you know, you, you're right, Shay. I think that's an expert analysis. Um, yeah, you, you one thing you can't do is you can't bring back in Conte. You can't bring in Jose. You can't bring in somebody who's going to want a bag to fix his team because there's you know more mm-hmm. money is not the mm-hmm. answer here. Absolutely. Yeah, that is definitely true. I mean, you should you could easily say you could easily say you should spend better. Honestly, I don't understand some of these signings, but maybe that's just because I don't really know them well enough, and I've only seen them on a bad team, which is Chelsea. Uh, but anyway, that is what it is. All right, gentlemen. Well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I'm glad to see you both in great spirits. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice to know that uh, you are still interested in this podcast despite your team not having historically playing well, but getting a good win, seven nothing. Let's see if you continue this momentum post Wednesday. I would love to know. Um, but anyway, it's been a pleasure. Any last words for the listeners? Miles, Jacob? Just to say happy birthday, Eric. I think Eric's birthday, you know, really gave us the result we needed. I I think he picked the right jersey to wear as well. So um, yeah. thanks, Eric, for everything you did for us. Thank you, Eric. We do miss you, Eric, um, along with the other people. We've many, many people we've had supporting ATP along the years. Um, okay. Uh, that's it. We'll catch you soon. You know where to find us. Where you always find us. We're bringing back. We're gonna start Swagamita. We're gonna start Swagamita Watch. Uh, we just need to pick a week to do it. Miles, Jacob, maybe we start it next week. So stay tuned for Swagamita coming back. I can't even say it properly. I'm too excited. Yeah, we we know you don't want to do it this week because all Liverpool will be in the Forest Green. So okay, all right, we we'll do we'll, we'll come we'll come next week with it. Okay. Catch you soon. Peace.